Well, Happy New Year, everybody. Hope that you had a great Christmas and a happy new year. And believe it or not, 2014 is here. Anybody still waiting for Y2K to hit? Yeah, me too. Like 2014, how did that get here? Not sure, but time is moving so fast. And as that video said, it really is time for us to begin living out the message of Christmas. The work of Christmas really begins now. Christmas is one of my favorite times of year from Thanksgiving to the new year. I just love that season, but we should not just leave all of the incredible elements of that season there. God wants us to bring all of that into the rest of the year with how we live our lives. God wants us to live our lives in such a way that people see that Emmanuel which means God is with us, is really here. And he is really with all of us. So the work of Christmas really begins now. Now, if you are new with us today, we are so glad that you've chosen to join us here at Epic. We would love to get to know you a little bit. We've got uh, some information we'd love to give you before you leave today back at our Connection Center. You can stop by there. Um, Someone would love to meet you and and, uh, personally welcome you to our church family, answer any questions that you may have about us, as well as give you a little packet of information so you can know a little bit more about us. Now, I have a few more announcements, and then we're going to dive into today's message. Um, I can't thank you enough for giving of your time, talents, and resources. As I think back over what God has done over the past four years together, and I think back over what God has done in and through us over this past year, it takes all of us coming together to make an impact in our community. And because you have given of your time, your talents, and your resources, we have seen lives changed in our community, and around the world. Our mission as a church is to lead people into a life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want to continue to do that in this upcoming year. And I think back over the past four years, we have seen at least 200 people put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Amazing thing that's happened here through the life of our church. And there are, if you haven't looked around, There are many more people in our community that desperately need a life-changing relationship with Jesus, and we want to reach them. So with your help, we can do that. Now, you can partner with us by giving of your time, talents, and your resources. If you would like to explore how to give more of your time and your talents, stop by our Connection Center, and you can find some ways that you can get active in serving. If you'd like to partner with us through your financial resources, we have two ways that you can do that. Through our giving boxes at the back of each seating section is one way that you can do that. And then if you bank online, you can also give through our website at theepicchurch.com. Now, we've got some exciting things coming up in this new year. And the first is next week, we're going to start a new series called Overcomer. The reality is for all of us, we all have things that we need to overcome. There are things in our lives that stand between us and us becoming more of the people that God wants us to become. We've got things like our past failures or things maybe that have happened to you in your past. There are current fears that all of us have that kind of hold us back from moving on and and following what God is asking us to do. There is pressure around us. You may have pressure at work. You may have pressure at school. There may be some pressure in our culture that's trying to force you to live in a way that God doesn't want us to live. You may have doubts 
about a real relationship with God or doubts about what God can do in your life. There may be temptations that you all too often give into. There may be a discouragement that you're battling. You're just tired and you're ready to quit. There's all kinds of things that we need to face in our our lives and overcome in order to become the people that God wants us to become. So we're going to spend the first part of this new year learning how to overcome some of those things in our lives. So we hope that you'll be a part of that. And as a part of that series, we're going to do a two-week fast together. It's something that we have done as a church family since our church has been started four years ago. And if you're new to this concept of fasting, in a biblical perspective, fasting means to give up something in order to grow our relationship with God. And biblical fasting always centered around food. And I don't know about you, but after Christmas and the New Year's, like I'm going, yeah, I could do a little, do with a little bit less food in my life. I don't know if anybody else can join me in that. But the idea of biblical fasting is that we set aside some type of food in order to gain something even better from God. Now, there's all kinds of ways to walk through a fast so you can give up all food altogether and just drink liquids. That is not something I highly recommend that everyone do, but there are some people that feel like that's what God wants them to do. I've done that in the past. We've had a number of of folks here, part of our church family, that have done that. Um, But what we really want you to do is begin praying and asking, God, what do you want me to do in this fast? What do you want me to set aside in this time of, of really focusing in on my relationship with you? So you can give up a type of food, a type of food that may be very important to you. Maybe you're a meat eater and you love meat. Maybe that's something that you would give up during that time frame. Uh, Maybe you're a desserts kind of person, you know, like dessert first and then food later. And maybe that's your your big deal. Um, You can give up an activity. There are some activities you say, you know what, during this time frame, I'm gonna set that activity aside in order to connect more with God. Again, the idea behind fasting is that we give up something substantial, in our lives. If it's not substantial to you, guess what? It's not going to be substantial to God either. So I'm not a big fan of broccoli. And if I gave up broccoli, you know, hey God, I'm going to give up broccoli for two weeks. And he's going to go, yeah, you give up broccoli all the time. Not a big deal. So as we walk through this time of fasting, it's about what is in my life that I can say, God, you are more important than this thing, whatever this thing is. So we want you to spend some time praying through that to help get you prepared for that. We have on our website something called a fasting preparation guide. And I encourage everybody, go to our website later today, theepicchurch.com, and under our resources tab, I'm going to mention that several more times today, under our resources tab, there's a lot of great information there. We have a fasting preparation guide. So go there later today, read through that, begin praying and processing through how God wants you to engage this time of fasting. Our fast will start on January the 19th and will run to February the 1st. Okay, now a few more things. On January the 19th, we are going to have an information meeting for our summer international mission trips. So something that we want everyone, a part of our church family, to do, if you're connected with our church family, you'll probably hear me say this multiple times, I want you to go on an international mission trip. I don't want you to think about it. I don't want you to cheer somebody else on as they do it. I challenge you to go. 
on an international mission trip. Right now, we have a partnership down in Guatemala, a place that we've been going consistently over the past four years. And we'll be going back this next summer in July, and then we'll go back in early August. And on January the 19th, right after both services, we'll have an information meeting, tell you a little bit more about that. We'd love to have you a part of that to help us bring hope to people around the world. We want to bring the hope of Jesus to people in our community and around the world, and our international mission trips are providing a way for us to do that, to make an impact around our world. So we would love to have you a part of that. Space is limited, so make sure that you are at that information meeting. You can go online, again, at theepicchurch.com, get more information about our trips, and our applications are there as well. You can download and start filling those out. They're due on January the 31st, so make sure you are a part of that. Okay, now, for today... We are going to explore one of the greatest New Year's resolutions that anyone could ever make. Do we have any New Year's resolution fans here? Anybody make New Year's resolutions every year? There's like three of you. What in the world? What's up with the rest of you? What are you doing with your time? Come on. Yeah, everybody's going, no, like I, I, I tried that and I didn't, it didn't work for 20 years. So I'm not trying that again. All right, so the Bible talks about it's a great thing for us to evaluate our lives and, and pause and examine and say, hey, how am I doing in my relationship with God? How am I doing in becoming more like Jesus? So this idea of New Year's resolutions, this idea of examining hearts is actually a biblical concept. So it's a concept of saying, God, how do I need to grow? In what area of my life do I need to grow to be more like you? So today we're going to explore one of the best New Year's resolutions that anyone could ever make, and that is making Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. Best decision that you could ever make. You know, on this first Sunday in January of 2014, I can't imagine a better decision than to put your faith in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior or to recommit in your relationship with him. Maybe you've drifted this past year. And maybe it's time for you to say, you know what? I really have to get serious, again, about my relationship with God and get back on track with him. Now, the way that we're going to do this today is we are going to watch a powerful video message by a guy by the name of Billy Graham. Anybody heard of Billy Graham before? Yeah, like I think most of us have heard of Billy Graham. He's one of the most influential Christian leaders around the world. Through him, God has reached millions of people with the message of Jesus Christ. And so I'm so thankful for technology where we can bring Billy Graham and hear his message today for us. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna watch about a 30-minute clip, and then I'm gonna come up, we're gonna debrief it right at the very end. So let's pray together and we'll dive into our video. God, I thank you so much for this new year and the opportunity for us to start afresh and anew Lord, as, as you say in the Bible, new are your mercies every day. We get new grace every day. So Lord, here we are in a new year. And this new year, we want to spend some time focusing on our relationship with you. Lord, we want to give you the, the first part of this year, trusting that you're going to take care of the rest of the year and all that it holds. So Lord, I pray that today, that you would speak powerfully to us through this message. Lord, I pray that whatever you want to say to our hearts, Lord, there may be some people here today who have thought about a relationship with you, 
but just never made that decision. Maybe today's the day for them. Or maybe there's another group here that would say, you know what, I've kind of drifted in my relationship with you and like, today's the day. Like I need to get back on track with you. So Lord, I pray that you would speak that message to us today powerfully through this video. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know how many minutes there are in a day? 1,440. Do you know how many hours there are in a week? 168. It's interesting to me that rich people cannot buy more hours. Scientists cannot invent new minutes. You cannot even save time to spend it on another day. You've got a little time today. You say, well, I'd like to save it up for tomorrow. You can't do that. Do you number your days? Do you realize how important every single day is? It all comes down to this moment for Super Bowl 42. That day we were the underdogs. It was a game many thought was over before we even played. Unless the Giants can come back here, the undefeated Patriots are poised to make Super Bowl history. I knew I was open, but I wouldn't be open for long. Direct snap to Manny. Back to throw. The rush. As I look back, it was easy to see Eli was under duress. It's going to be hit. going to be sacked. No, no, he got out of it. Unbelievable. I remember the first moment when I became completely blown away and intrigued with the idea of being a magician. That was the moment that I knew that I could actually be good at this. It is the most fun thing in the world to me. I tend to like questions a lot more than answers. And what a magic trick does is it forces you into a place of questioning and it pulls the rug of reality out from underneath you to where you're literally left in a place where you don't know what is happening. I was 14 and I recorded my first song. My mom actually helped me to record it. She had some recording gear and it was the most amazing thing to hear yourself recorded. I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would be a musician for a living. I didn't even think that was possible. As a magician, you're very skeptical and you realize that most of what's going on behind the scenes is fake or false. The idea 
of an all-powerful God seems incredibly silly. And when I talk to people that would go to church, I can remember thinking that they were just falling for a simple magic trick. It's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain controlling everything. I'd grown up understanding how to make people believe something was real when it was really not. I am a master of phoniness. I'm a, I'm a charlatan by craft. But I began to ask myself the big God question. I said, God, if you are real, then I need you to bring me back behind the curtain. I need you to show me how it works. And I need you to make this so real to me that I cannot ignore it. I'll never forget the day this man walks into my room and he said, Mr. Monroe, I don't know how to tell you this, but you have, you have cancer. I said, what? And he looked at me and said, Mr. Monroe, he said, we cannot cure you of your disease. My wife and I were we were in a bad place. God, where are you? I guess you aren't that great. I had been married for five years. I had just a three-year-old girl and a two-year-old little boy. And I needed, I needed more time with my family. I needed more time. Giants drafted me in the sixth round of the 2003 draft, and uh, it was it was everything that I was looking for. You know, I had some tremendous challenges uh, through college, and getting on, getting the field, getting the recognition, and now I felt like you know th th this is finally it. So it was it was about that it was about that glory for me as as a rookie, and I, I just enjoyed every moment of it. You know, most people would like to think that, you know, money would solve all your problems. And I found that the money only multiplied the evils that were in my life. It just gave me access to more of the things that I craved the most, whether, you know, if I had women, it just, you know, it just made me that much more likable by women. If I, I loved it, I loved alcohol, now I was able to get all the alcohol I wanted. I loved, you know, now, whereas maybe in time past I didn't have marijuana, now I'm able to buy all the marijuana that I wanted. You know, I was one person in public and, and, a, and a totally different person in private. My struggles with alcohol were a lot more than just having a good time and getting wasted and laughing away. I was totally, you know, 
just inebriated to the point where I couldn't keep my composure. There were times where my blackouts, you know, led me to places where I woke up the next day and naked in a bed and not knowing, you know, what happened the night before. You know, I smoked weed every single day throughout my rookie year, and I began to not just smoke the weed, I began to sell the weed. I'll never forget those sirens in my rearview mirror, the sound and, and how my heart dropped in that very moment. You know, being asked to get out that car and, uh, and them searching the car and pulling out that half a pound of marijuana. And uh, it was a deflating moment in my life. For the first time, you know, as I was being pulled into that Fort Lee jail cell, I realized that I was broken. You know, I was broken and there was no one to look at other than myself. On the outside, you look great, but deep inside, you're searching for something you haven't yet found. There must be something else in life than this. When I was a little girl, we kind of struggled financially. My mom being a single mom with two kids at 18, it was obviously, it was a difficult situation to be in. When I was 10 years old, my cousin, who was three, was like a little brother to me, he was beaten to death by his stepfather. How could I trust in a God that would allow something like that to happen? It just spiraled into depression and I ended up hanging out with people who had issues like mine in their life and ended up getting involved in drugs and just continued to fuel that depression. When I was 16, I was a um, very outspoken atheist and really searched a lot of different religions and just felt so empty in everything, whether it was in drugs or sex or even just deep thinking and philosophies. It just seemed to all leave me really empty. And uh, since there wasn't anything in life that satisfied the emptiness, I just didn't want to do life anymore. There were times I cried myself to sleep at night. I made a plan to commit suicide. I just didn't want to wake up anymore. I just was tired of waking up and I just thought, I can't keep doing this. The day I planned to commit suicide, I came home from school early and my grandma wasn't supposed to be home. And she just had a way of knowing, knowing when something was wrong. And she just looked at me and said, something's wrong with you, you're going to church. And that was the last place in the world I wanted to be. I hated Christians, I hated church. And I was like, there's no way I'm gonna go to church. And we got into a crazy screaming match, and I just remember saying, if you'll just shut up, I'll go. And when it's over, then I'll commit suicide. Millions are crying, what can I do to be saved from the pressures of life? The pressures are just so great. We have great technology to save time, but we have less time than ever. 
the tensions in the home, problems at work, health problems, making ends meet. We want to scream at life. We want to escape from life. Adlai Stevenson once said, it's not the days of your life, but the life in your days that count. You have so much time, but for what? The things that are broken in your heart and life can be restored in Christ if you put your faith and your confidence in Him. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead for you. He wants to give you guidance in your life. He wants to give you a peace and joy and assurance that if you died, you'd go to heaven. But first, there must be a change. You must turn around. That's called repentance in the Bible. Repent. When I was in that jail cell, I really just knew I was at the end of my own strength. I realized I'm 24 years old, NFL Special Teams Rookie of the Year, New York Giants Rookie of the Year, and I got everything that anybody could potentially want, but it didn't lead to anything apart from decay and death and disappointment. And I was broken. You know, I was broken and, you know, and I realized that, you know what, there was no one to look at other than myself. And at that moment, nothing else mattered. I, I just knew I needed something more. I just cried out in desperation and just said, God, all I know is I need you. And that following weekend, after I got arrested, I ended up in the back of a church in a fetal position, crying and weeping out to God. I could no longer resist God's love. As I received God's forgiveness, I knew that I was, I was new. The person of Jesus Christ was now a reality in my life. It wasn't just a myth. It wasn't just a figment or this, this idea. The forgiveness of sins is what actually sets man free. And I was immediately transformed. I knew that I experienced a, a love that, that had changed my life forever. And I knew there was never gonna be any looking back for me. is collapsing on us. How much longer do we have? The psalmist requested that the Lord remember how short my time is. My days are like a shadow that declineth and I'm withered like grass, but thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever and thy remembrance unto all generations. Think of it. God will endure forever, but on this earth, we're like a shadow that's declining. We're all dying. From the moment you were born, you started dying. How much longer do we have? The cancer doctor looked at me and said, Mr. Monroe, I said, we cannot cure you of your disease. And there is something, however, that we would like to try. It's called a bone marrow transplant. The problem with your body is that your white blood cells are making bad copies of bad copies. Your body is deceiving itself. It's playing a trick on itself. So what we need to do is we need to completely destroy your system. And what we're hoping to do is we're hoping to find someone in the world whose DNA matches yours close enough to grow a brand new immune system, a brand new blood system from scratch. 
We're going to substitute someone else's perfect blood on your behalf so that you can live again. God said without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. There has to be a substitute for you who will take the judgment that you deserve, the death that you deserve, and that substitute became Jesus Christ. I was thinking to myself, man, my time is running out. I am dying of cancer. It's been hard to deal with right now. Peyton is three years old and Gavin is two years old. My two babies, should this take my life early, I love you. They began the most vicious concoction of chemo, the goal of which was not just to destroy the cancer in my body, but was literally to destroy me. It was hell. It was a slow death. I really am scared. I'm really trying not to be fearful, but I am fearful. I'm trying to be strong for my wife and for my, for my family. But uh, I'm pretty scared. We are waiting to hear from the National Bone Marrow Donor Program, seven million people currently registered on the database. And there was one perfect match for me, just one. It was a 19-year-old female. They said, Mr. Monroe, your bone marrow transplant is scheduled for April 23rd. You're gonna get a brand new birthday. They said, you are gonna be like a baby inside the womb all over again. The nurses celebrate your new birth in the hospital. And I heard that terminology before too, somewhere at the churches that I had attended but literally I was gonna be born anew. And then I'll never forget on April 23rd, they brought this bag of blood into my room and everyone was hoping in that moment that my body would receive that new life, that new blood. I sit here today, 100% completely cancer free when they look at my blood today, they see a 19-year-old female. They see her. They see XX chromosome. And I'm reminded of a verse in Galatians 2. It says, uh, it's no longer I who live, but it's someone else who lives on the inside of me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith. John 17, 3, it says, This is eternal life, knowing you, God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I'm fully convinced of the claims of Jesus as a skeptical person and as an illusionist. I know that the God of the universe has brought me back behind the curtain just like I asked him to. Cancer was how he did it through my life. And there's a spiritual cancer that's eating us away on the inside. And we're all longing, we're all begging for someone to step in and to save us from that condition. God looks at your heart. 
And God sees that you have a spiritual heart disease. And that spiritual heart disease is called sin. And we're all sinners. That means we've broken the laws of God. We've disobeyed God. We've rebelled against God. And because we've rebelled against Him, we're going to have to face a judgment. Oh yes, there's coming a judgment. There'll be some day when you will stand before God at the great judgment day and you'll have to give an account of your life here and you'll have to give an account of what you did with Jesus Christ on this very night because there's going to be a judgment. But God's judgment is also tempered by His love and His mercy. He's willing to forgive you tonight. He's willing to give you a chance tonight. No matter how much time you've wasted in the past, you can still have tomorrow. I was sitting in the back of the church, slouched down in my chair with my arms crossed, and the preacher began to speak, and everything he said was straight to my heart, like I was the only person in the room. And he stops in the middle of what he's saying, and he says, there's a suicidal spirit in the room, and God wants you to know that he loves you. All the hair stood up on the back of my neck. I was like, this is just really freaking me out. I gotta get out of here. I got up and went towards the door after he dismissed the church and a man grabbed me by the arm and he was a white-headed old man and he said, God wants me to speak to you and he wants you to know that even though you've never known an earthly father, that he will be a better father to you than any earthly father could ever be. He said, he's seen you when you cry yourself to sleep at night. And when he said that, it really shook me because I cried myself to sleep every night since I was 10 years old. If I didn't cry, I couldn't sleep. But he said he sees you when you cry yourself to sleep at night and he loves you so much and he sent his son Jesus to die and bleed on a cross to take all of the pain that you're experiencing on himself so you don't have to experience it. He said, do you want him to take that from you? Because he died to take it. And I was like, well, you can try it. <laughs> you know, he was like, can I pray for you for that? And I was like, you can try it. I don't really believe in all this, but I know something crazy is happening right now. And so he put his hand on my shoulder and began to pray. And he said something like, God, I pray that you would wrap your arms around your daughter and let her know how much you love her. something to satisfy the longing in my heart and every time I come away emptier than before and in that moment something you just can't explain that you have to experience where I literally felt like I was in front of the God of the universe and the thing that I noticed, first of all, was that this God was so holy and awesome, and I was so not that. Some of you think that you're too bad to come to God, have done too many things and gone too far. God's not waiting to judge you. God's not waiting to condemn you. God loves you. 
He sent his son to die on the cross for you, to shed his blood for you. He wants to put his arms around you and receive you. And he will take you and forgive you and love you and be your friend. This God was so holy and awesome. And if God had said, go away, it would have been right. It would have been justice for me. I know it. But the craziest thing was that he's drawing me in and taking me into his arms and saying, I love you just the way you are. I'm not shocked by any of this. And if you let me, I will make you new. I'm just so thankful that God sees us different than we are. He doesn't turn away, but He still looks at us with love. It's amazing to think that God is a Father like that. Jesus died in my place. And because of that, all I have to do is believe it and say, yes, change me. Yes, make me new. In Romans, the sixth chapter says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In 1 Peter, it says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. He became sin, think of it. Jesus Christ, this pure, this wonderful, the greatest person that ever lived, the holiest person that ever lived, the son of the living God, became sin. He had never known sin. And he became guilty at that moment of adultery. He became guilty of lying, of idolatry. He became guilty of every ugly, dirty thing you can think of because it was your sins poured out on him. Through Christ, we can have the most fundamental relationship in life restored. You say, well, Billy, what in the world do I have to do? First, you must repent of your sins. The apostle Peter said, repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins be blotted out. What does repentance mean? Repentance means that you come to God and say, God, I'm sorry I've sinned. And we're all guilty, every one of us, everyone that's ever been born is guilty. Have you repented? Are you sure of it? It means that you not only say, God, I'm sorry. It means that you ask him to help you to turn from your sins, to change your way of living, to get rid of those old habits you shouldn't have. And then you must come by faith. By, without faith, it's impossible to please him. The word faith means that you totally trust. The scripture says in Romans 4, to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. I have to have righteousness to get into heaven. And I don't have any. Billy Graham is a sinner. I don't have any righteousness of my own. I come in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the Bible says, for by grace are ye saved through faith. 
not of works lest anyone should boast. If you can work your way to heaven, you'd get up to heaven and boast to everybody. Look what I did. I was such a good person. I got here on my own. You get there totally because of Christ. The fact that time is short calls for us to do something about it now because the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, now is the accepted time. Not tomorrow, today. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. You can harden your heart. You hear a message like this and it can be very dangerous because you'll harden your heart. And the next time you hear the gospel, your heart will be harder and harder and harder. Come to Christ now. If there's even a whisper in your heart that you need to come, you come and say, Lord, you have all of me tonight. I want to be sure that I'm ready to meet you. Come now, come now. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Today is the day of salvation. So if you have never put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today would be a great day to do that. Today would be a great day to begin a relationship with the God who loves you enough to send his son Jesus to die on the cross so that you can live for all of eternity. In just a moment, we're gonna go back to our video and we're gonna be guided through a short prayer. And there's nothing magical about the words that we're gonna pray. What God cares about is the sincerity of our hearts when we pray those words. So it doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how far away from God you've run. It doesn't matter how much you think you've sinned. All that matters is you making a decision to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Now, maybe you've already done that. Maybe you've said, you know, I've done that before in my life. And maybe today you would say, you know, I've drifted. As I look back at my life, I'll be honest and say I've drifted in my relationship with him. So maybe today, during this prayer time, it would be more appropriate for you to say, God, I'm, I'm coming back. Maybe you need to pray a prayer of recommitment. Or maybe during this prayer time, you, you would say, you know what, I'm doing great in my relationship with God. I'm on track. I'm, I'm, I'm tight in this relationship and things are going well. Maybe today, in this moment, you would use this prayer time as a reconfirmation of your commitment to follow God. So I encourage you, whatever is appropriate for you in this next time frame as we go back to the video, pray whatever prayer is appropriate for you. So let's go back to this video. If you'd like to receive Christ, then you can pray a prayer like I did. Like I did. Like I did. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. And I want to turn from my sins. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sin and that you raised him to life. I want to trust him as my savior and follow him as Lord. From this day forward, Jesus, I put my trust in you. And I surrender my life to you. And I surrender my life to you. I surrender my life to you. Please come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 
If you have just prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time, starting a new relationship with God, I want to say to you, congratulations and welcome to the family of God. That's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. And you will enjoy the benefits of that decision that you've made right now in this moment for all of eternity. Now, the important thing is to grow that new relationship with God. And we've got some resources on our website that can help you do that. If you go to our website, theepicchurch.com, look under our resources tab, uh, there's some great resources there that can help you grow in this new relationship with God. Resources that can help you understand how the Bible was put together, how to make the Bible a more regular part of your life, how to grow in that new relationship. So I encourage you to, to check out our website later today. Now, whether you are a new believer this morning, or you have maybe recommitted your heart to following him, one of the things I encourage everyone to use is this thing called our spiritual growth challenge. This is something that we make available each week. You can pick up a copy, a hard copy at our Connection Center before you leave today. Later today, this week, you can download a copy from our website as well. God wants us to stay closely connected with him, and our spiritual growth challenge is just one tool that can help us do that, and its purpose is to help us apply what we're learning on Sundays, and that's the big deal in our relationship with God. Just gaining more knowledge is not important to God. But gaining knowledge and then applying that knowledge to our lives, that's what God cares about. That's what grows us. So this is a tool that can help us do that. So again, you can pick up a copy before you leave today or check out our website later today. Now, there's one more thing that I encourage you to do before you leave. If you've prayed a a prayer of salvation this morning or a recommitment prayer or even a, a reconfirmation prayer, there's a little card around you on your seat and there should be a pen close by. So I encourage you to grab that, grab the card, grab a pen. And on this card, it says two things. It's got two boxes that you can check. One box is, hey, today's the day I prayed the prayer. Like I invited Jesus into my heart today. And then there's a second box that says, today I recommitted my life to following him. So whichever is appropriate to you, if one of those is appropriate to you, check that box. And then there's a place where you can write out a prayer request. And whether you've prayed either one of those prayers this morning or not, I encourage everyone, if you've got something on your heart that's heavy, maybe something that you need to overcome in this new year, maybe something that you've been praying about for a long time and would like some extra prayer support, I encourage you to write that out on this card. You can write it on the back or the front, doesn't matter. And you can slide that in our giving box before you leave today. Now, these cards are going to get to our elder team later this week. And our elder team loves to pray for you. And so at the beginning of this new year, we will be joining you in prayer for whatever you are asking us to pray for. If you want us to know who you are, write your name on it. If you don't want us to know who you are, it doesn't doesn't matter. You don't have to write your name on it either way. Uh, We'll be praying for you in whatever thing that you've listed on this card. So thank you so much for being here today and hearing this message. And I hope that God will continue to work this message out in our lives in the days and weeks to come. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And our worship team is going to lead us out in a praise song. Thanks for being here, everybody. Happy New Year. Evan.